0: Good morning everybody. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us. Will you write something in the comments so we know who was with us this morning? Uh, last Wednesday night I want to tell you we had a very successful Wednesday night with the children and youth. There was, um, there was a giant frog, there was uh, all kinds of strange animals, and nobody even got bit by a snake. It was great. It was great. Now Jay came close. Jay came close to getting bit by a snake, but the Six Day Creatures was here and they brought all kinds of animals, it was a lot of fun. So ask, ask, if you know somebody with kids, ask them about it, we had a great time. But this Wednesday, we're going to be back with kids and youth again in person. Look, everybody, everybody in the praise band, so excited. The youth are going to be out in the courtyard that way and the children are going to be out in the green space. We're going to spread out outside with social distancing, it's going to be a lot of fun. Pastor Sam has a Bible study on Wednesday night it is the best bible study in the world um i've heard that uh it's competing with andy stanley's bible study right he's second place so you want to join in pastor sam's bible study there's lots of great things you can plug into we have two sunday school options that you can log into today if you want help doing that message right now on facebook the church we can help you log into one of those sunday schools We have men at the well meeting on Zoom once a week. Lots of ways to plug into the church. So stay plugged in. We love all of you. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, this morning, this rainy Sunday morning, I pray that you will uh, help our hearts and minds focus on you as we worship. Uh, We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I rock the only solid ground The nations rise and fall Thank you. I'm And through the trial and-
2: Good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us today, and we are thankful that you have chosen to be a part of this service. Even though you're not in the room with us, we feel connected to you, and we know uh, that you are worshiping in spirit with us, even if you're not here physically with us. Uh, call your friends and tell them to worship with you, too, and, and we'll, we'll just have a watch party together or something like that. So, we're glad that you're here. We're thankful for your support. We need your continued support. So, if we were here, we would be uh, receiving our offering at this time, and we're still going to receive that. So, I just need you to give online. Go to our church website, fumcgaston.org, and you can find how to give online. That way, you can drop it in the mail. Uh, You can give by text. There's several different ways that you can continue your support we are doing incredible things in mission. we continue even though uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic we continue to doing our mission emphasis at Striplin Elementary School uh, we did Christmas in July last month we're doing things with youth things with children we're doing Bible studies we're doing worship we're doing all the things that we need uh, to continue to do and we're making do and we need your help so thank you for your generosity uh, we also want to pray for you. If you have a prayer request, then please send that to us by email, F-U-M-C at Let us know what your prayer needs are. Let us know your celebrations. We want to pray for you. We want to rejoice with you. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Gracious God, we're thankful for the, the chance to worship together. We're thankful, Lord, to to praise you because you are worthy of our praise and we're thankful Lord of the many answers to prayers that you give us you're teaching us all kinds of different things Lord you're leading us in places that we never would have thought to go but we trust you because we know that you uh, are all wise and we know that you are all powerful so we trust you and we pray Lord that right at the point of our needs personally today that you would touch us, someone needs uh, a healing touch today, Lord. Be that for them. Someone is unsure about how they're going to make it. Be their provider. Give strength, Lord, where strength is needed. Comfort where it is needed. And teach us to to pray, Lord, the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, "Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done."
1: keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm to
2: I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. I'm going to be reading from the Common English Bible today. And so I ask you to join me. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God... He did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him the name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago I heard the story about a high school basketball star that was just phenomenal. I mean, every Division I school around wanted this guy, and they were heavily recruiting him. He chose the University of Arkansas. And when this guy rolled onto campus, it wasn't like our kids going back to school last week. This guy rolled onto campus with fanfare, with news media coverage. It was like everybody was excited to see this great basketball player come on campus Nobody could wait until the first basketball game when they could see this guy in action. Everyone was hyped. And you know, sometimes uh, when there's a lot of hype, players don't end up living up to the hype. Well, that wasn't the case in this case. This guy, the first game just completely dominated the other team. He scored 27 points. He pulled down 28 rebounds. He blocked. 12 shots. He just completely dominated and led the Arkansas Razorbacks to victory over their opposing team. So everything was wonderful. The coaches were smiling from ear to ear. The cheerleaders were cheering. The players were jumping up and down. Everything was great until the post game interview. And in the post game interview, which was broadcast on TV, um, this young man started trash-talking. Now, I don't know if you've ever played ball on a playground or in a gym with a pickup game or something like that, and you hear the trash-talking. And if you've never done that before, it's all about how great you are and how bad your opponent is and how many skills you have and how you're going to beat them and and you're everything and they're nothing. And, and, uh, oh, I'm about to take you to school. And, I mean, it's all of that kind of thing. It's just, it's just words, and it, it just tries to get in the opponent's head a little bit. And it's all in good fun, but not on TV, not in a post-game interview. And so he's trash-talking on post-game interview. And as the story goes, while he's doing that, his phone rings, and he sees that is his mama calling. So he excuses himself and they move on to the next player or one of the coaches, whatever, and he steps uh, up to the side and he answers the phone because it's his mama, right? And his mama starts out by saying, son, I am so proud of you. You pay, played a wonderful game and mama is so proud of you, but I've been listening to you trash talking and that tells me one thing that tells me that you need an attitude adjustment. And when you get home, I'm going to give you one. And apparently his mother did give him an attitude adjustment because he never again trash-talked on TV. And he really buckled down. He ended up being an All-American player at the University of Arkansas and went on and played briefly in uh, the NBA So the moral of the story is this young basketball player received from his mom what we all need from time to time, and that is an attitude adjustment. Do you ever need an attitude adjustment? Okay, let me know in the comments if you do. Come on now, I know that you do, because I do. We all need to hit the reset button on our attitude sometimes. And we've been talking about reset all month long. Because this is a season of reset, if you think about it. We need to reset. We, we talked about resetting our priorities. And we talked about the reset of forgiveness, how that resets our relationship between God and our neighbors. We talked, Pastor Andy talked last week about resetting our, our health, our, our personal health, taking care of ourselves, our self-care. We need to do that because sometimes, let's be honest, we just let that go. And today, today we're talking about attitude. Resetting our attitude. Maybe you didn't even know this. Maybe you didn't know that the word attitude was even in the Bible. Well, it is. It is in there. Philippians 2.5, in the New International Version, and in the Common English Bible, which I read from today, it uses the word attitude. Other versions, other translations... Instead of saying, adopt this attitude, they'll say, let this mind be in you. It's the same thing. It's the word attitude. Now, would you be willing to kind of dig into this word attitude with me a little bit this morning? Um, So, the Greek word for attitude is phroneo, and it's the word used in Philippians 2.5, and it means to be minded, it means to understand. It means to think. And it's talking about not just our cognitive thinking. It's talking about our understanding with our heart. And even our understanding with our gut level kind of thing. It's, it's a knowing. And so when Philippians two five says, I want you to adopt this attitude. What it is saying is, please check yourself. Please Look within. Moderate from within so that if you have to adjust inwardly, your outward actions will follow. In other words, check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's, It's about setting our minds. It's about choosing to set our minds. You know, like you set a television to a certain station. And if it's on the wrong station, you set it on a different station. This is... Checking yourself before you wreck yourself. I'll give you an example uh, about where Jesus told Simon Peter, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. This was in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus had been telling his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and that he was going to suffer many things from the the elders and the chief priests, that he was going to be crucified and that on the third day he would be raised from the dead. So he's telling them all this. Well, Peter grabs him by the arm and pulls him aside and says, No, Lord, no, this is never going to happen to you. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you remember what he said? He said, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, for you are, listen, setting your mind on human things and not divine things. Peter, your mind is set on the wrong station. Peter, you need to reset. You need an attitude adjustment. So, how do we know if, if we need an attitude adjustment? What lets us know that? How do we, how do we un, uh, understand that? How do we know that? Well, what we do, I think, is... We hold up the attitude that was in Christ Jesus and see if this attitude matches our attitude. Just put them side by side. You see, uh, Christ had an attitude that chose the power of love over the love of power. And just, just think about it for a moment. How much power and how much authority did Jesus Christ have? He had all of it, right? Right? all of it, all power, all authority in heaven and on earth, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, right? Jesus was 100% equal with God Almighty. He didn't have to reach to attain equality with God. He already had it. And yet Christ did not exploit the power and authority that he had out of love for you, Out of love for me, out of love for all of us, he emptied himself and took on the form of human flesh and became 100% human, subject to blood, sweat, and tears, right? He was subject to none of that before, but he chose the power of love over the love of power. So we hold up the attitude of Christ that he had, And we hold up our attitude and we see do they look anything alike? Maybe, maybe we need a reset. Maybe we need an attitude adjustment. All right, Christ had um, an attitude of humility and not an attitude of pride. In verse 8, we see three very important words. If we were talking about the choosing the power of love, we might say those three important words were, I love you. In verse 8, we see three more important words. He humbled himself. Christ humbled himself. He gave us an example of what an humble mindset would be over and over again. Over and over again in Scripture, this point is pounded home over and over again, I'll just share a few of them with you. James four ten, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. Uh, Luke fourteen eleven, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And James four six says, God is opposed to proud to the proud, but will give grace to the humble. Over and over again, this is just a fraction of the number of verses of scripture that says, Humble yourself. So, why do we humble ourselves? One is, one reason is because this was Christ's attitude and we want to try to adopt his attitude. That's the whole point of this, to adopt the attitude that Christ had. And the second reason we need to humble ourselves is because if we don't humble ourselves, We will be humbled. We will be humbled. So, what does it mean to to have a humble attitude? Maybe you can see the meaning of this most clearly by seeing the opposite. The opposite of um, the humble attitude is what I call the Lucifer Diva Attitude. The Lucifer diva attitude is an attitude that is defiant, that is proud, that is selfish. It's an attitude that says, don't you tell me what to do uh, because I'm always right. I know best. I'm first. I'm the center of attention. And anyone who gets in my way is just going to get run over. The Lucifer diva attitude. Listen to how it's described in Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Did you see the contrast between those two attitudes? Lucifer exalts himself. Christ humbles himself. Lucifer wants it all. Christ empties himself. Lucifer chose the love of power. Christ chose the power of love. Lucifer chose pride and Christ chose humility. Let this mind be in you. Adopt this attitude. Humility, not pride. And then Christ had the attitude of an obedient servant and not a defiant brat. Verse 7 says he took on the form of a slave and he became obedient even to the point of death on a cross. Again, I'm holding up Christ's attitude. And I'm holding up my attitude and I'm saying... Does this look anything like Christ's attitude? I'm asking myself that. I'm, I'm moderating myself because if my attitude doesn't look like Christ's attitude, it's time for a reset. It's time for a reset. And does this actually work? Can we actually reset our attitude and have it come out the way it's supposed to? Yes, I, I believe that we can. Um, One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is a story about an attitude reset. It's the story uh, of an Aramean military commander named Naaman. You can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a great military leader. He was brave. He was highly regarded. His king loved him because he always went out and conquered in battle. He was very successful. He had all of these things going for him. But he had leprosy. That was the one thing, but that was huge. And one day, um, this little Israelite young household servant girl, who was Naaman's wife's household servant, said to Naaman's wife, Oh, if my master could only see the prophet of God in Israel, then God could cure him of his leprosy. And so Naaman was willing to give anything a try. So he went to the king, the king of Aram. And he said, King, I hear that that there's a prophet guy in Israel that could cure me of my leprosy. So he asked the king to send a letter. And the king of Aram writes a letter asking the king of Israel to cure his military leader, Naaman, of his leprosy. And he sends silver and he sends gold and he sends sets of clothing, fine clothing and all of this stuff. And he sends all they take all of that stuff to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel reads this letter and he freaks out. He's like, I, I can't cure anybody of leprosy. This Aramean king is just, I don't, he's asking me to do the impossible. He must be trying to start a war. He must be just trying to pick a fight with me. And Elisha, the prophet, hears about the situation and he tells the king of Israel, look, just relax send Naaman to me and tell him just come and see me and if he comes and see me then he will know that there is a prophet of God in Israel. So Naaman, I can just picture his whole entourage rolling up in front of Elisha's house and they do whatever the equivalent of ringing the doorbell is at Elisha's house and Elisha doesn't even answer the door. He sends a servant, a messenger, to answer the door. And the messenger tells Naaman, You know, Elisha says, go down to the Jordan River and wash seven times and everything will be all right. You'll be healed. So here's where the reset of attitude comes into play. Because Naaman is mad. He is just just livid. He is... He says, I can't believe this guy, Elisha. Who does he think he is? He can't tell me what to do. Why does he want me to go to the Jordan River and wash? That's just ridiculous. We got better uh, rivers back home in Damascus where I'm from. I'm not going to do this. And so he turns and he stomps off in a huff of anger. But Naaman's servants catch up to him and they said, hey, If the prophet had asked you to do something very difficult in order for you to be healed, wouldn't you have done that? Then how much more should you do this simple thing? And here's what happened. Naaman listened. Naaman changed his attitude. He reset his attitude. And he went down to the Jordan River. And he washed In the Jordan River seven times like Elisha told him to. And he was healed. So. Maybe it's time for us to reset our attitude. Maybe it's time for us to listen. Maybe God is trying to speak to us through someone who's saying. Hey you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. My mom used to get this devotional magazine called Daily Guideposts. Any of y'all ever heard of that one? Uh, I think she still gets it. I just don't know. But I always used to read it whenever I was at her house. And several years ago, there was a story in Guideposts about this woman named Linda who had her best friend and her like to travel. So Linda and her friend traveled to another country, and things were not going well. Um... They had trouble with the foreign currency, getting the exchange right. Um, They had they didn't pack right. Uh, They didn't take enough cold weather um, clothing. They were having trouble with the language. And at one point, and I don't know if you've ever been there, at one point they were thinking, "This is supposed to be a vacation. We're supposed to be having fun, and it's just not happening." They were super frustrated. And Linda's friend could see her frustration, and so she had brought one of those little travel guides, you know those little booklets when you travel to another country? Um, So she takes the travel guide to Linda, and she says, maybe this will help. And she opened up, and on the first page of the travel guide, Linda's friend had underlined these words. The words were, when you travel, expect things to be different. And if things are not to your liking, then change your liking. If things are not to your liking, change your liking. You know, sometimes what God wants from us is not to our liking, is it? Sometimes the cup that God gives us to drink on this day is not the cup that we want to drink, right? So what attitude are we going to adopt? Are we going to adopt the diva attitude that Lucifer had? Or are we going to adopt the humble servant attitude of Christ? Let's choose well. Let's pray. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us. And know our attitudes. See if there is any wicked way, any hurtful way in us. Lead us, O Lord, to the reset that is the way everlasting. We ask in the name of Christ, whose attitude we desire to adopt. Amen.
1: and the bride say,
2: Now may the peace of Christ, may the attitude of Christ go with you as you go into a new work. We, amen.